The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Welcome to the Ask Harry Podcast. This is Harry Margolis, and this is the podcast where we interview experts on all aspects of estate planning. On this episode of Ask Harry... Harry talks with Susan Turnbull, the founder and principal of Personal Legacy Advisors, on the subject of how to create an ethical will. Susan, welcome back. Thank you, Harry. So in our first episode, we talked about what what an ethical will is all about and the history, and we started talking about some of the obstacles people face when thinking about doing one themselves in terms of their misgivings about whether they have anything important to say, they have any wisdom, whether they can write it well, and uh, they put it off, which is a little bit like estate planning. People, though though I think it's much more pleasant to to be talking often about one's values and history than than just um, wills and powers of attorney and finances, But, but people put off estate planning as well. But if people feel, and as you suggested, everyone who receives one is, is really happy to have done that. Anyone who has, as you were talking about in the last episode, who has letters that were written by their grandparents and great-grandparents really values them. How do you help people get over these uh, kind of misgivings and obstacles to, to, to moving forward? Yes, as I said in the last episode, the challenge for people is are the voices that come up in their heads, even though they know that this is really a good idea, that it would be um, valuable for other people to receive, they can sometimes get in their own way. And just by saying, I, yeah, I think this would be great, but I'm not sure that I even really know where to begin. And I certainly don't want to be in a position where I'm telling people that I know better than they do about anything. And yes, ethical will, you don't want an ethical will to be a lecture. You also don't want it to be unethical. So you can imagine an unethical ethical will. That would be something that was critical. It would be negative. It would be bringing up questions that couldn't be answered when you're no longer here. I mean, Mm -hmm. so they're intended to be positive. They're intended to be helpful. And so I think one of the ways that people can kind of take the weight off of it is to not expect that it has to be very long. And I have a template that I use in my writing workshops. I give a two-hour ethical writing workshop. And what I say is you could create something in what it's only one, two, or three pages if you just focused on three things. Mm-hmm. And that is the first is that you had a chance to say thank you. And most people don't have a hard time saying thank you. Right. So thank you for what you've brought me in my life. And that is, I think, the most, that is an easy place to start. Yeah. I think the, that's great. And then even if you didn't say anything else, and even if it was just a paragraph, and that was where, but you'd certainly be started with, with you know, with just that. First, first, first of all, think, who do you want to get this? Is this your children? Is it your grandchildren? Is it your heirs who are not yet born? If you don't have any children, is it to members of the extended family? Is, to your, is it to your parents? Is it to your friends? Who's it to? And write down their name. And then Mm -hmm. to think to yourself, and this is what my guidebook does. It helps you think through this methodically. Who's it for? Then why do you want to do it? Mm -hmm. What's your intention? And um, you can either kind of know and write that down for yourself, what it is, or you can express it in the letter right off why you're doing this. This is something that you just really want to have something 
It's a gift you want to give them so they always have it. What is your intention? The other thing that's important to keep in mind in the beginning is how long do you want it to be? So to have to, to kind of, as I said, to kind of, it's not going to be long, but in your mind, what would seem appropriate for this letter? What do you think the tolerance of your audience is for a letter? That can help you kind of contain it right off the bat. Then another thing is, do you want to share this while you're alive? That's a question I was thinking about. Yes. So I think that that is one of the highest values of it is mm-hmm. that these are written as monologues, but the opportunity to be a dialogue is, it would be a wasted opportunity, I think, to write it and then not share it, even if it, even while it's a work in progress. So we're works in progress, our audience's works in progress. And so to, that's another way of taking it off. The weight of it is that, okay, I'll write this now. Mm-hmm. And I can add to it if I want to. I can even change it. But if I was hit by the proverbial bus tomorrow, I have this down. And so I think that to think of it as something that is an extension of your life, it's just it's part of who you are, it's part of how you're living now. And to take it away from this idea of this heaviness of I only have a chance to do it once, it's mm-hmm. about my death. It better be perfect. Right. And it better be profound. That's enough to make anybody say, I'm not going to do this. So those are ways I think to help people relax. So I don't think I finished the three things, did I? The three things. So first is thank you. I said if you're right. going to be in the structure, thank say thank you. Then the second thing is, can you share just a little bit of wisdom? Mm-hmm. And you could just make a bullet list of three things that would be true. What are three things your life has taught you? And I have this exercise that I do sometimes in my workshops is make a bullet list of 15 things your life has taught you. And most people can do that pretty quickly and not profound necessarily, but just simple things that that their life has taught you, taught them. And then the third thing is to bless them. So we have gratitude, a little bit of wisdom and bless them. What do you hope for them in their life? And what's the most one important thing you want to tell them? And for many people, that's saying, I love you. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you just did those three things, thank them, give them a little bit of wisdom, express your hopes for them, and whatever the one most important thing you want to tell them. For some people, it's a message of, so this comes out of a, a beautiful book by a doctor who works with patients at the end of their lives. And he says, the four most important things that people need to say or hear at the end of someone's life is, thank you. I love you. Forgive me. I forgive you. So if, if I forgive you or please forgive me, if those are things you feel like you really need to say, then that's another thing to put in that one to two page letter that it's for the structure that I've, that I provide. That's really short. So I say, make it short, make it feel timeless and know you can always add to it later. Those are my first bits of advice. Reminds me, my father said that his grandmother, I think at, at some point told him, because of course he was a young boy and at that point in that world couldn't say, I love you. So she uh, said to him, I, I know you love me. So that hmm. that he, he didn't have to say it. It was Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really sweet. That's so sweet. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I mentioned in the earlier session was that for a lot of people, creating a document that gives context to the money that they're passing on is another place that that makes a lot of sense to people. And so in that case, here's another three-part structure. So to say, what's the story behind the assets? Mm 
Mm-hmm. What are my values about the money? What I know that money can and can't buy in a person's life. What's my, my definition of success? So mm-hmm. the story behind the money, the values, and then the opportunity to bless the recipients of the money. What do you hope for them in their lives? What do you hope the money will enable them in their lives? And is there one last thing that you want to make sure you tell them? So to contain it to a few subjects, I think is really essential. Now, my guidebook lays out all the topics you could cover, and there's a lot of them. Such as what other topics? Well, family history, for instance, Mm -hmm. family stories that you want to make sure. Then, of course, this is a letter, so you can't tell every family story. But to talk about, to be able to express some of your values. So share some of the family stories. Another big topic is about your values. And so oftentimes people will write sort of a series of little vignettes about their values. So what they think about money, what they think about work, what they think about giving, what they think of, you know, gardening, recreation, any, all numbers of topics that people really like to talk about, um, those as sort of a reflection of their values, that kind of thematic approach is also really popular. So, so there's a lot of topics you could cover. And it kind of depends on how old you are, how old your recipients are, how old your recipients are when you want them to get it. Mm-hmm. There's a gentleman that um, I worked with who's traveled a lot. And he, was, he had young kids. He was always afraid he might not make it home on the plane. Mm-hmm. And he really wanted to have something that his kids um, could read when they were older, about some of the lessons that he'd learned and what some of the things he, he, was, he knew were important. And he told a lot of stories in there. He sort of learned Sounds great. It's great. So it's like a little mini memoir, but contained. It's not a book. You're not trying to say everything. You can't possibly say everything. And your life is going to transmit most everything. It's just the things that you would want to kind of put down in an enduring way. And, and as I also alluded to earlier, I think to share them, and say, this is what I'm thinking. This is who I am. And one of the um, things that's a cont- different, a contemporary world from an older one, the older ones, as I said, are very like, do this because I said so. Mm-hmm. This is really, this is a gift of myself. I want you to understand how I see and understand the world. And your recipients- And how, and how, you, and how you got to that understanding. How you got to that. And you're, the people who read this, listen to it, get it from you, are going to take it in their own way. And they're going to take it in different ways at different times when they read it. Your idea is not to control them, but it's a gift of yourself. So we've been talking a lot about writing. Right. This. Do people also tape it or videotape it? Definitely. So I'm an old-fashioned person, and I like the old-fashioned idea of a letter because I think that the process of writing itself can be very revealing for anyone that is a writer. Sometimes you're really surprised at what comes out the other end of your pen or your computer that you didn't mm-hmm. expect. And, and so there's a, that process of revelation that happens to the writer, I think is really valuable. And I think that paper, I hope never goes out of style, but there are many people who want to create something on video and I applaud them because, and there are a lot of recipients who say, I'd love to have, I'd love to be able to hear your voice and see you speaking. And that would be really cool. It'd be wonderful for my grandchildren who might not ever know you video tape, or let's have it on audio tape. So cautionary about those things. You don't know what machine is going to be able to access those mm-hmm. things in the future. Mm-hmm. We all know you put something on a flash drive and you lose the flash drive where you right. put it on a DVD and then you don't have a machine anymore to play the DVD on. So 
it's important to always transcribe those things also, just so that they that information is captured anywhere anyway on paper. Mm-hmm. And when you are doing it in for a video, preparation is really important because people will freeze when the video camera is on them. That can be yeah. very uncomfortable. You feel on the spot. And so it's important that you know what you're going to say. And I really recommend that you work with someone who's a professional videographer who does this so that they're edited because it's easy for people to ramble. So you kind of want to cut to the chase and not ramble. So I think to have a skilled person, and I have a team that does this, so a video Mm -hmm. team that I refer stuff to if anyone's interested in doing a video, but that preparation is really important to know why you want to do it. What are the main points that you want to say? And how are you going to say it in a way that is really accessible for the audience? And I think that telling stories, video is a great medium for telling stories. So to kind of make your points while telling stories can really be great. So and I assume that you could also, oh, sorry, I was going to say, you, you, I assume you could also put in photographs or, oh, yeah. uh, or other videos within the video. Absolutely. And there's really, there's no such thing as, and, as a standard. And people mm-hmm. take this idea and do all kinds of incredibly inventive things with it. And some people, I heard someone say to me the other day, well, what I really do is when I'm thinking of it, I write an email about what I'm thinking about and what I really want to make sure that is that I've captured my thoughts. And I print out those emails or I put them in a file. And then that's what I'm going to, that's my ethical will. It's so great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really just the idea that of this idea of, thinking about what you want to make, what kind of information you want to communicate and how are you going to do it and recognize that your voice is you be able to access your voice, whether you're hearing it or you're reading it is a precious gift for other people. So once you've created whatever you're creating, whether it's uh, right. e- email notes, a, a, vid- a videotape, a, uh, a written letter, where do you keep it? Really good question. So it would be terrible if you went to all this work and nobody knew it. Right. <laughs> so... <laughs> I think that what you need to do is to either, if it is a written document or it is on some kind of digital format, wherever you keep your legal documents, it should go with those. Or there should be a note that says, I've done this or I'm working on it. And this is where you can find it. Mm -hmm. And make sure at whatever stage you're working on it, that you've put a date on it and that your name is on it. So that, so that it does become, so it's, it's proof it actually is. Yeah. And you mentioned that you have workshops to help people, I guess, in a group get started writing these. Yeah, I do. I have, um, well, I do a lot of events for mostly for state and financial planning firms who want their clients mm-hmm. to think about this and know what this is. And so those are can be live. Mostly they're neat now. These days they're on Zoom. But mm-hmm. I also do have a regular class, a two-hour workshop that I give online. You can sign up for it on my website. And I give mm-hmm. it about once a month. Yeah. So it's two hours and it is, there's time allowed about 40, 40 to 45 minutes are allowed actually for writing. So it's a gift to the person to give themselves the gift of time to actually get started. So I give an overview about what they are. I give a few warm up writing exercises and then they go off on their own and begin to put something down. So it's really the chance to say to yourself, okay, I'm going to make a commitment to doing this. It's $50 for for two hours. And it can be really valuable for people to just, as I said, give themselves the gift of time to make good on their promise to themselves that they're going to do this. That sounds like a good answer to our initial question of what are the obstacles? How can you get over the obstacles of uh, 
to, to, to uh, get to getting started. Yeah, it, it really is making a commitment to saying this is important and I'm going to get started on it. It's okay with me if it's not perfect right away. It's okay with me if I haven't included everything. I'm just going to get started on it. And what I always suggest to people is that they sit with what they've written for a few days. Even if it feels like it's complete, sit with it for a while, then go back and look at it. Because once you start thinking about it and working on it, all kinds of other things, all kinds of other thoughts come into your mind. And so it is a process. It's an iterative process. And I celebrate that. That's the way we all are. We're iterative mm-hmm. creatures. Yeah. Right. So just to refresh our memories, what's the URL for your website? If anyone's interested in learning more or signing up for the workshop. Thank you so much, Harry. It's personallegacyadvisors.com. Advisors is ORS. ORS. And there's two L's in the middle for personal and legacy. Mm -hmm. Personallegacyadvisors.com. Thank you very much, Susan. I think this is uh, very interesting to me and I think I hope uh, helpful to our listeners. Thank you very much, Harry. I love being your guest. Thank you for listening to the Ask Harry podcast. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends and colleagues. If you have questions about estate planning, you can find answers at askharry.info. And if you don't find your answer there, you can post a question and I will respond to it. You can also subscribe and listen to future episodes on iTunes. If you're interested in Harry's book, Get Your Ducks in a Row, The Baby Boomer's Guide to Estate Planning, please visit margolis.com. That's M-A-R-G-O-L-I-S.com. Ask Harry is a production of pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network.